Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, we've brought back Janet Quinlan, a marriage and parenting coach, and we're going to talk on part two, basically, uh, of how to of how our thoughts kind of create our, our marriage, our lives, and today we're going to talk about our parenting style. So if you missed her in episode 10, where we talked about your thoughts create your marriage, go back and listen to that as well. But welcome, Janet. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Um, so today I want to talk about, yeah, how our thoughts uh, create our motherhood, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's probably one of those things that I wished I had known mm. uh, 39 years ago sure. <laughs> because I had no idea how important my brain was mm -hmm. <laughs> to my parenting. Um, but so today I want to talk about, uh, three different ways in which our thoughts affect our motherhood. And, right. um, let me just kind of give you an, an overview. So the first is the thoughts that we have about ourselves as a mother. Mm. The second is the thoughts we have about our children. And then the third is our children's thoughts about themselves and how we can help them with that. Oh, okay. I love that. Great. So when we come to marriage and parenting, we have like no formal education on it, right? We're supposed mm -hmm. to just know everything. And yeah, of yeah, course, just a natural. Yeah, we, all right, right. And we know nothing. Well, mm -hmm. what we do know is what we saw our parents do for better or for worse. Right. We have stories and beliefs that we came, that we come into our motherhood based on what we saw uh, from our own moms or our own dads. Um, and so we imagine that those stories, which become beliefs, will be exactly what happens when we're parents. Mm -hmm. And most often it is not. <laughs> right. Because there's this thing called everyone is a unique personality, right? So mm -hmm. how we and our siblings may have been for our parents and the way they were able to parent us is very different from how our children and their unique personalities mm -hmm. um, and the way we interact with our unique personalities with our children. Sure. So we have to kind of get rid of stories and beliefs mm. and especially expectations. Now there, there's, there are good expectations mm -hmm. and then there are expectations that really harm us because mm -hmm. if things don't work out as we expect, then either we think we're failing or we think our children are failing or, you know, all of those negative thoughts that come into it because someone didn't live up to expectations, mm -hmm. which is very different than expecting your children to sit quietly in church. Right. Mm, sure. So just to make sure that we have clarity on that. Um, and when we start having children, um, we rarely think that, um, they will misbehave. We think that they're going to be, you know, these, yes, virtuous little angelic, you know, curly headed kids who will come into this world and everything is going to be perfect. But mm -hmm. actually they come to us like an untrained puppy and we have to teach them everything. Um, and when we think that they should just know stuff, like they should just know how to put themselves to sleep, or they should just know how to obey as soon as we say something the first time, mm -hmm. they should know how to self-regulate, and then they don't, our, our first response, and I think this is a cultural thing now, um, sure. because it wasn't when I was a child, but mm -hmm. our first response is, 
okay, we have to label them into something. There's, they're either, uh, uh, you know, um, really strong willed or they're ADHD mm -hmm. or they're whatever. And as soon as we do that, we release actually all of our control over changing the situation. Oh, interesting. Cause then you can just blame or look or point towards, Oh, he has ADHD. Then it's like, it's not my parenting. It's nothing like that. It's just exactly. what it is. Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. And when I was teaching in the classroom, I had a number of children whose parents came to me and said, my child's ADHD, just so you know, they're on medicine or whatever. They're not on medicine. We want to see how things go. Mm -hmm. um, and they were very different for me than they were at home. Sure. Now that's not an unusual phenomenon, really. It's, you know, some children are really able, able to keep things together in the classroom and they get home and they just lose it. Right. However, those children came into my classroom. They knew my expectations they knew I loved them. They knew, you know, we, we learned how to work together. Mm -hmm. I didn't let the label change the way I treated them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, this is really important in understanding that the thought that we have about each of our children, and we'll have different thoughts about each of the children, depending mm -hmm. on their personalities as well, sure. um, is really how we show up in our parenting, in our motherhood. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to address is our thoughts as a mother. A lot of people, a lot of women come into um, motherhood with ideas of I'm weak or I'm disorganized or um, I'm not patient. That's a really huge one. Mm -hmm. I'm just not patient. Um, well, things like that can be limiting beliefs for ourselves. So I came into motherhood believing I was impatient and actually I was impatient, hmm. but when I saw that, uh, as a belief, mm -hmm. it's sort of solidified in my mind. I'll never be anything, but mm -hmm. impatient. Mm -hmm. it's given that and, mindset of it. Like, oh, I'm, I'm this, and I'm always going to be this. This is never going to change. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I was able to go to that when I yelled at my kids, mm -hmm. when, um, you know, something came up and I lost it. Oh, I'm just impatient. That's just the way it is. Right. Um, and in fact, it was almost the reason why we didn't homeschool. Now I'm not saying everyone should homeschool, but for us, we were, the kids were in school and we were trying to decide, do we want to keep them there or bring them home? And I remember thinking, um, oh, I'm so impatient. There's no way I could do this. Even though I'm a certified teacher, there's yeah. no way I could be with my children all day long. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I had that, that impatient belief about myself. Hmm. And actually, just as a side note, God wanted to teach me patience. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and once I came to that understanding that I was homeschooling as part of not just to teach them, but to teach me mm. how to be a more virtuous person, mm. then all of a sudden everything opened up and I could see different ways that God was bringing me to this place to mm -hmm. learn different virtues. So yeah. Moms should be um, just very careful about what they think of themselves. Mm. And even if they have a lot of evidence, because our brain is going to always offer evidence for why what we think is true. Mm -hmm. If it's a negative thing, if it's a positive mm -hmm. thing, the brain will say, um, you know, you'll struggle and struggle to find evidence for it. Mm. But if it's a negative thing, yeah, we'll always get the evidence. So um, just be careful, moms, that 
if you have negative beliefs about yourself or stories about yourself mm-hmm. um, that you don't really believe that they're solidified, that you cannot challenge them mm-hmm. can challenge them. Another thing was I'm not a morning person. Mm. I'm still not a morning person. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> but I had to learn how to be a morning person so that I could get up earlier than my children. So my brain was functioning and I was put together before I started to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, another belief that moms have is that a good mom makes their children happy. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And many moms that I coach, they really struggle with this because they don't want to see their children unhappy. They don't want to see their children um, upset. Mm -hmm. And so they indulge their children. They don't make requests that are uncomfortable for their children because they don't want their children either to push back Mm -hmm. or they don't want their children to maybe not like them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So look very carefully at what your thoughts are about you as a mother. Mm-hmm. And I would offer that uh, a thought to really, you know, pray about is my job is to form these children. Mm-hmm. My job is to give them faith formation, virtue formation, um, and to be there to help them navigate life's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we were to think, let me just go into the model. We talked about the yeah. model, which is... Um, It's just a a framework for how we think, okay? So if we look at ourselves, the circumstance is always neutral. So the circumstance would be me as my mom, as a mom, okay? The thought about me, if my thought is I'm impatient, Mm -hmm. the feeling that I get from that is impatience Mm -hmm. or it could be frustration. Sure. If I'd like to change it, but I think, no, I am impatient, it could be frustration. And then my actions would show themselves to be frustrated and impatient with the children. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's not going to show, my actions are not going to be, well, if I'm impatient and it makes me frustrated, then when my kids are screwing around and I've told them to stop, I'm just going to step back and count to 10. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's not going to happen from the thought I'm an impatient mom. Mm-hmm. If right. my thought though is I'm learning to be patient. Mm-hmm. See how even just changing that slightly, yep. then my feeling could be um, just patience with myself. Mm-hmm. And then my actions will be that if I know, if my thought is I'm learning, I, I figured out, I'll figure out what I need to do in order not to yell, in mm-hmm. order not to be impatient. Maybe it's I'll walk away for three seconds and come back. And mm-hmm. this is what I did with my kids. I, if I, if I felt the impatience coming up in my chest and like out mm-hmm. my throat and my mouth, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would say, hold on, stop what you're doing. I'll be back in, you know, five seconds. Yeah. And I would just walk away and I would breathe and then I would come back mm-hmm. and I would address the issue. I like this. I like this too, because it's not saying, cause I feel like a lot of the new agey stuff is like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm impatient, but you tell yourself I'm patient. I'm patient. Yeah. And I feel like that is often very misleading because because you're not, you're actually not patient, but you're not saying, tell yourself I'm patient when I'm not tell myself right. I'm learning to be patient, like giving yourself that grace to get there. And like that, this is a process without like lying to yourself, Yes, through, exactly. you know, like mental warfare. I don't know. Like, yeah, no, it's true. And your brain knows when you're lying to yourself, exactly. it will never believe you. Right. 
So, but that's good. I think that's a really good point because so many things today are like, just tell yourself like, I'm rich, I'm wise, I'm yeah. whatever. You're like, okay, but I have no money in the bank, right? Like right. our, I, I am impatient. So that's, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also with the, you know, the children in, um, you wanting to do everything for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. If your thought is a good mom does everything for them. Um, I would imagine a, a feeling would be anxiety and stressful because I have to do everything for them. Overwhelmed. Yeah, for sure. yeah exactly. And then the actions come out and you become, and you're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person who says, no, a good mom teaches children to be independent. Mm-hmm. See how, even just when you say it, do you see how there's a feeling shift in, sure. in the way? Yeah. So that would make me feel empowered. And then I would do the hard things, which are hard things as moms over and over again to tell them what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is not about rainbows, rainbows and unicorns where mm-hmm. it's, you know, as long as you think the right thing, your children are going to behave perfectly. No, but it's about managing your thoughts so that you can manage your emotions so that you can show up to do the hard things, to do mm-hmm. the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. I think this is so good too. Cause I, and we're going to talk about it later with helping our children with their emotions, but like, you're also, as you're doing this, like as you walked away, I'm sure your children learned themselves, like how to manage their own patients, impatience, because like, Oh, like when mom was getting frustrated and like impatient, she stepped away for a second, right? Like we're modeling these things instead of just looking for happiness for our children. Yes, like we're giving exactly. them these, these really good life skills that are ultimately what's really going to bring them happiness, not just an easy life. Right. 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 There's no such thing as an easy life, right? right. <laughs> totally. Um, um, and if there is someone, let me know I'm, I'm signed <laughs> up, but I, I don't think so. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The second um, point is our thoughts about our children. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I get with almost all the women that I coach. Sure. Well, you, this is what they say to me. You just don't know my kids. I have strong willed children. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, everybody has strong willed children. Yeah, like, have you met the most my- part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of my seven, they all are very different in temperament, but mm-hmm. they're all strong willed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even the one I have, I have two maybe who are, uh, they're a little qu- uh, quieter, mm-hmm. right? But honestly, I think sometimes in those quiet ones, the will is actually stronger. It's true. They may, yeah, they may not, you know, bring it out on you, but so we all have strong willed children. So I, I'm encouraging moms to not use that as the excuse as to why they cannot discipline and get their children to be disciplined. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we have it in our mind that, well, they're just strong willed, we automatically think, you know, maybe our thought is they're strong willed. Our feeling is frustrated or, uh, you know, um, we just, we just feel like there's, there's no, there's no hope. We could feel hopeless. Yeah. yeah. And then our actions are, we don't actually teach them mm. to master their will mm-hmm. because it comes from the thought they are just strong-willed. We'd, we've made that a truth mm-hmm. and the feeling of hopeless, I can't do anything about it. Right. And so we don't. But if we come to this same, ch- same child, okay, and we, our thought is my job is to teach them to self-regulate, mm-hmm. to teach them to control their will. Mm-hmm. that makes, makes me feel empowered. It makes me feel confident. Mm-hmm. And so then my actions are every time there is an, a place where I have to teach them to 
self-regulate, to get control of their will, to obey me, I will have the tools that I need in my mind to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I was at a, uh, actually I was at a, a baby shower and there were a number of older moms there. And one of the moms was talking about her children. She said, they just drive me crazy all the time. And <laughs> I happened to know the mom and her kids and she does not have a close relationship with them. Mm. And it makes me, it made me so sad I wanted to like, you know, get my coaching hat on immediately. <laughs> coaching, but well. of course I didn't no, I didn't do that. But it, you know, the beliefs that we have, the thoughts that we have mm -hmm. will impact the kind of children that we raise. Mm -hmm. So um another thing is that moms may think about their children is that they don't want them to be unpopular. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so if our thought is, oh, I don't want them to be left out or I don't want them to be unpopular. That's going to create nervous feelings and energy. Mm. And so that when actions, you know, something comes up, actions come up, we're going to give in. We're going to say, okay, when we really don't want to say, okay, we're sure. going to, you know, not live um, in, in the truth of who we are and the values that we have, because mm -hmm. we don't want our children to be unpopular or left out. Mm -hmm. So get into the, get really clear moms about and dads who are listening to this mm -hmm. about what you think about your children. Okay? Mm -hmm. And understand that that thought really does control how you show up the mm -hmm. actions, both, both the external actions and the internal actions. Mm. Okay. And it's also, yeah. I was going to say, it, it also reminds me. So for a while I was also in the classroom um, and it would always, it was always so interesting to me how certain students like were known by the teachers as being like, oh, this, this student is a problem child. And once the teachers like accepted that, that idea, they had a much harder time with them in the classroom. And I always like, whenever anyone was like, oh my gosh, that child's a problem child. I was like, I can't wait till they're in my classroom because like, I loved those kids and like, we had the best time. And they, but they could feel that, right? Like they could yes. feel what the thoughts were of the, even if the teacher tried very hard not to make it clear that they were not as loved as some of the other ones. And I'm, I'm just thinking like the same is true for our, our children, right? That if we're sitting here thinking like, oh my gosh, this is my problem child. Like this is the kid who's going to mess up a lot. Like the kid picks up on that. Even if the mom is not literally saying like, you're going to be that problem child. Yeah, no, <laughs> you are, you are a hundred percent correct. Children mm -hmm. always, they, they see with their hearts yes. and they always can pick up the things that we think about them. So that if we, you know, if, when moms do things for, you know, do things for their children all the time, mm -hmm. children realize that their moms think they, they're incapable. Mm -hmm. Nothing has to be said, right? but they get it. So that was, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And that brings me to another point of having a growth mindset about our children. Yeah. If we think they are born with certain um, gifts and talents, and that's it, mm -hmm. then we teach them that's all you're capable of. Yes. But if we if we challenge them, so a growth mindset is uh, having the mindset that let's see what could happen. Mm -hmm. You know, is this is this a talent you might be able to you know really um, blossom and, and and you know bring into something really good into the world. Mm -hmm. Rather than the fixed mindset, which is the opposite of a growth mindset, which is you were born, this is the way you are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember I was speaking with 
a spiritual director one time and um I, I commented about the lack of virtues and they said, you know, you can just ask the Holy spirit for those. I'm like, what, wait, what <laughs> I can, I okay. had a very fixed mindset. Mm. I thought I was born with certain virtues mm -hmm. and if I didn't have them, oh, well, I'm out of luck. Yeah, totally. This is making me think too. When I was, when I was little, I loved writing. Like I loved writing. I loved writing. When I was in middle school, I was writing all the time and I was horrible at writing. Like I was, <laughs> like my worst grades, whatever. And we took one of those like standardized tests, you know, that you take like in eighth grade or whatever. And I was at school one day and everybody was talking about the results of the test that had been mailed home. So I went home and I was like, mom, what did I get on the test? Like, especially like, what did I get on the writing section? And my, both my parents were like, we're, we don't care about these tests. It doesn't matter. Like, we're not going to tell you what you got. And I was like, what? No, tell me. And they were like, no. And I found out years later, and they always encouraged me to just keep writing. And I found out years later, the writing was the worst score. And my parents knew that if I saw that, I would be like, I'm not writing anymore. Because I was a kid who had a very like fixed mindset when yeah, I was yeah. in school. And I'm so grateful for the fact that they didn't do that because then I ended up majoring in journalism and like writing is a large portion of kind of what I do. And who knows what would have happened if yes. I, well, Katie's a bad writer. So like, whatever, we're not, we're not going there. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so isn't it, it really mm -hmm. is amazing when now as adults, when we can step back and look at, mm -hmm. you know, with a different perspective, yep. how things affected us. And we also have to do that for ourselves as parents. We have to mm -hmm. really understand that there are certain things that we have to do for our children in order to protect their thoughts about themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're thinking parents about thoughts about your children, um, have that growth mindset uh, and understand that you're creating challenges for them, that you're forming them and that's your job. Mm -hmm. And they're not always going to be happy. And that's actually a good thing. I was going to say that's okay, but it's actually a good thing because mm -hmm. then we teach children at a young age, they will not always be happy. So sure. that when they get to be a teenager where they're really confronted with lots of opportunities to be not happy, mm -hmm. they, can live, they can live through them and then they know they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. um, and the yeah, last thing I want to just talk about is I remember when I was, um, when I had young children. So when we homeschooled, I had to take all the children grocery shopping with me. So oh, two wow. carts and at the time, six, ch six children, number seven hadn't arrived yet. Um, <laughs> And they were just crazy in the grocery store. And I rem I can see it as if it were just yesterday in our big fat 15 passenger van <laughs> sitting in the parking lot of the grocery store. And I just was saying to myself, this is going to be different. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be different here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to respond to, to their misbehavior. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very clear. And I just remember talking to myself and that's mm -hmm. really an important thing to do is to to talk to her, you know, we're not the crazy person on the corner who's, you know, <laughs> we're actually just really reframing our brain and our thoughts mm -hmm. and reminding ourselves we're in charge and we can make the decisions and we can make the changes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went into that grocery store with those children and I, oh, by the way, then I told the children, this is what's <laughs> happening. Mm. Right? And if you pull something off the shelf and you say you want it, you automatically will not get it. Plus you won't get to pick out which cereal you want. Mm. That's kind of like the carrot. At That's the end. it, so, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course I had the one child who had <laughs> two shopping trips it took him to understand I was really serious. Mm. But then from then on, they packed the groceries for me. I mean, everything was so much easier because 
I changed my mindset about how it was going to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And then that gets into the third thing, which is our children's thoughts about themselves. Mm. This is so important, especially in this day and age where, you know, it used to be that like when my kids who are adults now, when they were in the teen years or, uh, or in the elementary school years, mm. there were no phones. There was nothing to yeah. show them that they were not worthy, right? Or they didn't live up or they didn't yeah. have or any right of now. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and now, of course, it comes down to elementary school, particularly hard in the middle school years and high school years. Mm -hmm. um, and the uh, incidence of depression mm -hmm. and attempted suicide, especially among young girls, mm -hmm. has skyrocketed. Uh, so um, we really have to be conscious, even when we feel like our children are pushing us away, they're trying to find independence Mm -hmm. but emotionally they need us still and they want it. They just don't want to admit it because in their mind, that's being independent. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they don't have to have mom's hug or dad's way to go or whatever it is. Um, so when we think about our children, especially in this day and age now, I think our number one thing is to help them manage their thoughts, mm -hmm. help them to understand that someone is going to say something about them, but it doesn't have to mean it's true. Mm -hmm. So like your, your comments about the teachers and about yep. what they thought about students, mm -hmm. you know, students will think I'm bad. I'm stupid. I, you know, I don't belong here. Um, and as a parent, we, we need to have that communication and connection with them so that we can understand what they're thinking. My mom used to sit me on the couch when I came home from school. Mm -hmm. And she would say, tell me about your day. And in the beginning, I would say it was fine. And in our family, we said, fine is a four letter word. You don't, you don't say <laughs> fine. Yeah. It doesn't happen. So you tell us exactly what happened and get into conversation with them. So that if you hear things like people don't like me, or I can't do things, or I'm stupid or whatever, you have the opportunity to help them think, help them teach help teach them that just because they think it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. I, it's such a game changer. And I think like you were saying, like you wish you learned this earlier on when you were, you know, first parenting. And I think this could be a, a beautiful gift that parents give their children is the ability to realize like that initial thought that your brain has doesn't mean it's true. And that we can rewire that. Like we can change that. I really do think it can, especially like you were saying in today's day and age where they just get on Instagram or TikTok and they see all these people who are so much better than them, according to how their brain is, is interpreting that, which is right. not even true, but that's what, what they're seeing and thinking. Right. Yeah. And I think that they're really led with their emotions mm -hmm. and they think their emotions are truth. And mm -hmm. so another aspect of it is teaching our children, especially the teens mm -hmm. that to understand what are they thinking that makes them feel that. Mm, mm -hmm. And if we can go through that process with them, um, you know, I, I feel stupid. Okay. Why do you feel stupid? What are you thinking? And well, I, you know, I raised my hand and the teacher didn't call on me. And so that makes me feel stupid. Mm -hmm. And then really talk about, okay, but just because a teacher doesn't call on you doesn't mean that you're stupid. Mm -hmm. So we get it caught in the emotions that we don't go into that prefrontal cortex and teach them how to think. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. 
Um, I, I had a son who took AP physics and he wanted to quit. He, mm -hmm. it was hard. Um, and he just, he didn't want to do it. He cried. I mean, he's a high schooler, but he's <laughs> yeah. also a redhead and he cries a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sensitive soul. And he just didn't, it was too hard. Mm -hmm. And so we sat down with him and said, look, this is the place that's, you can show perseverance. Mm -hmm. You can show to yourself that you can do it. Sure. And so, um, funny story is at the end of the year, he got an A, he got the highest AP physics, um, you know, test score. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, he just, he's just really brilliant and, but he didn't think it at the time, right. you see. Mm -hmm. And so when our children, especially those in high school want to give up mm -hmm. because they don't think they can, it's just their fear, mm -hmm. the fear of failure. Right. And, or their fear of, um, you know, saying no to people, or I, I can't have a phone because, you know, we're different in our family. It's the fear, right? Mm -hmm. We want to help them understand what's the thought behind that fear and mm -hmm. how can you have a thought to understand where you are, what your gifts are and why we do the things that we do in our family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, so and helpful. Yeah, go ahead. Right. No, I was saying, and so helpful, um, for these kids, especially like those kinds of things, like how we're like, we're different, what I like, and being able to really think that through and being able to then articulate it at some point after you've kind of navigated that whole thinking and the emotions and all that, that goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if we look at those three sections mm -hmm. in our, in our parenthood, whether we're the father or the mother, um, just really even being cognitive of those areas, mm -hmm. Uh, I think will help us be more present to our children to not react, mm -hmm. but rather respond and to also help our children uh, understand that their thoughts aren't always true mm -hmm. and that they can master their thoughts to create the feelings that they want so they can show up for the world mm -hmm. like they want to show up. Sure. Um, I, I'm curious what advice you would give or whatever for people who are like, okay, great. But like, I'm not super aware of my thoughts, right? Like we, we have tens of thousands of thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people are like, yeah, that's great. But like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm thinking. Like, I don't really know. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. until maybe I have some kind of emotional outburst or I I'm sick to my stomach. And then suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous about this or I get a migraine or whatever. Right. So mm -hmm. how, what advice do you have for people who are, not really attuned with their thoughts to try and start navigating that. Yes. Well, of course, my first response is get a coach and I coach, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> but I mean, the reason why I say that is because it, it is a habit mm -hmm. and you, you don't have to have a coach, but it is a habit that you have to get into. You have to, um, have be intentional about mm -hmm. becoming self-aware. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just writing down. I want to become more intentional about my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Once we write it down, then we can look at it and each day we can look at it. And when we get to a place where we're losing it, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully your brain will offer that. Okay. Wait a minute. You wanted to become intentional about why you're losing it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really just um, bringing it into our life, mm -hmm. bringing it into our world. It's like, you know, how do you train for a marathon? I mean, you have to actually go get the shoes, right? Get the equipment mm -hmm. that you need and then you go and run a little bit. And then mm -hmm. the second day is always worse than the first, right? Mm -hmm. And then, <laughs> so second day you kind of blow it, but the third day you maybe go back to it. Yep. And so 
Um, it's, it's just a habit uh, that we need to retrain our brain to uh, slow down, mm -hmm. to think, and just to be conscious. I mean, even, it could just be like a note somewhere that says think. Mm -hmm. so that we say, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to think about how am I feeling and why am I feeling this? So yep. we call it self-coaching, which is what I, I teach people eventually to do mm -hmm. is to learn those parts of the model. Okay. Um, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And from there you can fill in the rest of the model to understand yeah. why you thought that or why you felt that or why you did that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, becoming more and more aware of your daily life and mm -hmm. your thought processes. Yeah. I think this is, it's so good, especially in our modern world where we're constantly running, we're moving really quickly. I think, especially in motherhood or fatherhood, where you're like taking care of children, you're making sure people aren't dying. Like you're also running the household or going out to work and doing all these things. But this is really like, you need to pause. Like you need to take time to think about your thoughts or sit in your emotions and be like, what is happening here? And like, how am I responding? And how do I need to pivot or change or tweak what what's happening, but you have to allow yourself that moment. Right. And it could be as short as like you were saying earlier, like, I just need 10 seconds. Like I just need to walk away and come back. Or maybe it, it's a little bit longer. Maybe you need that 10 minute coffee break where you're like, what is happening right now? Right. Or yeah. whatever it is, but yeah. you need that. I think that's indulgent. We think we don't have time for that. And right. who doesn't have time to think, right. Mm-hmm. Or when we sit down to pray, we're like, oh, I have so many other things to do that are so much more important. Since when is the laundry more fun and more important than doing prayer, <laughs> right? So true, right. Yeah, but those are the things that are really important. Mm -hmm. uh, taking our children to every activity so that they can be, you know, do all those things is not nearly as beneficial as teaching our child to understand their emotions, mm -hmm. to self-regulate, and to think about what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And And... I, I do think we're using think a lot, but I do think that if people step back for a moment, mm -hmm. they would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to be able to step back. Like that's, that's yeah. the whole thing. Right. And well, and it's becoming but, intentional. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. people really, I feel like more and more too, people need that. Like back in the day, like I'm thinking of my grandma, right? Like in silence, she was like washing the windows. Right. And like, that was her moment to like, think and like do this stuff. But now people have their headphones in, they're watching a show, they're listening to a podcast. I mean, listen to our podcast, but you know, <laughs> like they're doing all these things yeah. instead of allowing themselves some silence to be able yes. to think and like pay attention to their thoughts and their emotions. And we're just move, 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 but it's really doing ourselves and our children a disservice when we're not taking that time. Yeah. And also that's a great point, Katie, that we're not teaching our children to take that time. Mm -hmm. Right. As soon as they come home from school, they want to go on PlayStation or whatever, you know, and we say, no, be bored. Just, just think. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's, great, that's a great point. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Any last minute word of wisdom you want to give to everyone who's listening on this topic? Yeah. You know, um, so my voice is probably very young, although my kids say that I have a podcast voice and that's not the voice they heard growing up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's great. But, you know, we've been married, uh, it'll be 39 years in July. And um, I just learned about, you know, self-coaching and the model and really being cognitive of my thoughts mm -hmm. um, just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And both my husband and I are like, dang, I wish we knew this a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Because it really does change the way you live life. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, I find myself 
not having the negative judgments about my husband or my children. I find myself um, not even having negative judgments about myself, mm -hmm. but um, really being intentional about the kind of life I want to create and the kind of life I still want to create for my children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So I would strongly suggest to people just take that time each day. Um, again, either like a marathon or, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, every meal you have to think, Mm -hmm. What am I going to eat? And is that going to serve me and benefit me? Sure. And it's, it's the same thing with our thoughts and mm -hmm. in, in how we approach our parenting with our children. Mm -hmm. Love this. Love this. I hope this was really helpful for everybody. I'm sure it was. Um, if people want to find you, if they're interested in coaching with you or anything like that, how can they do that? Yeah, they can go to janetquinlan.com. Uh, and you'll see there, you could sign up for a free coaching session just to see what it's like. Right. Uh, so I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also have a membership for moms called reimagined motherhood. Mm -hmm. It's closed right now, but it will reopen, uh, in about a month. Uh, mm -hmm. and my podcast, um, I've just recently changed the name. It was finding joy in motherhood, but I had a bunch of dads saying, I listen to your podcast and I talk a lot of things about marriage. So finding joy in marriage or motherhood, marriage and motherhood. I don't even have the name right yet. Finding Great. joy in marriage and motherhood. You'll see it if you just search for that. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll, we'll share it in the show notes too. Okay, so a link so everyone can find it really easily. All right. Thank so. you, Katie. Yeah, you bet. So thank you so much, Janet, for joining us today. This was an excellent discussion and hopefully very helpful for everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Podcast. If you enjoyed it, there are a few quick things you can do to support us. Share the episode with a friend, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.